The What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape. Hello, this is Aaron Strout. I am the CMO of W2O Group and the host of the What to Know podcast. I am doing my first podcast from the Wingtip Club here in San Francisco, and I have the pleasure of being joined by a guest. His name is Adam Klein. He's a motivational speaker, a lung cancer advocate, and one of his uh, additional claims to fame is he actually won Survivor a couple of seasons ago uh, in the Millennials versus um, Gen X, if I remember correctly. Welcome, Adam. Thank you for having me, Aaron. It's a pleasure to have you here. And uh, the way I found you, just by way of background, is we are sponsoring the American Lung, um, I'm sorry, not the American, the American Cancer Society's Discovery Gala, which is coming up on September 17th here in San Francisco. 16th. 16th, sorry. We had a, we had a snafu where Google Google wants to tell us the 17th. Uh, the site says the 16th, and the 16th is a Saturday. Don't believe which, everything you read. That's right. makes a lot more sense. Uh, we tried to get that prepped ahead of time, but anyway, it's the 16th. Anyway, uh, Adam is one of the speakers there, and so we reached out, and he was kind enough to oblige us to sit down and talk today. So um, I'd like to start with a little bit of background, and I think one of the cool things that I found is you won Survivor. That in and of itself was cool, but... Um, according to a little research I did, it said that since you were nine years old, you basically were telling people that you were going to be on Survivor and uh, you, you won better than that. Um, and you actually would play the Survivor online game. So one, what did it feel like to win? And two, you know, what was that overall experience like? It's hard to put into words what winning felt like. I think we can go back to just the feeling of actually going through the casting process, and I couldn't even believe that I was sort of being considered. Just going down to L.A. and, like, seeing all of the other people that might be on Survivor, and I was sort of, you know, geeking out that, oh, that guy that I'm looking at, like, could be on Survivor. It was hard for me to fathom that I was also one of those people, uh, you know, it's. I think everyone has that sort of pipe dream, that thing that they just think about, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if dot, dot, dot. But there's a lot of hesitation to really put that out into the universe because it's so unlikely. Like, these things often don't happen to people. But I do think there is value to just putting it out there, to saying, like, hey, like, I know it sounds crazy, but my dream is... I want to get on and win Survivor. And people may laugh it off and they'll be like, oh, that's cool. But sometimes it'll spark a really interesting conversation at the very least. And then maybe the person you're talking to might have some connection to that. It might actually lead you in a path that might take you uh, towards your ultimate pipe dream, whatever that might be. So, you know, I, I was always a very determined kid. And just throughout my childhood, I would just tell it pretty much everybody I met. I was like, yeah, I want to be on Survivor one day. And I think I put it out there enough that it just couldn't not happen at a certain point. Well, and I think there's a theme about you that as I've done a little bit of this research and talked to you, you know, as we prep for this, that you're a guy that doesn't take no for an answer, right? And, uh, but at the same time, you've combined that passion with doing good. So one of the things that struck me as um, both interesting and motivational was the fact that you graduated from Stanford, not an easy school to get into. I think you mentioned you got waitlisted 
and got into Harvard, but chose to go to Stanford. I hope you don't mind if I mention that. <laughs> um, but then you went and you worked for a company called Life Moves, which was formerly uh, Envision Shelter Network, as essentially a homeless shelter manager. I'm going to go out on a limb and say there aren't a ton of Stanford grads that go out and could probably do anything in the world, and that was what you chose. So I would love to dig into that a little I bit. I wish there were more. There should be more, and maybe you'll be that inspiration for them. That was one of the things that when I went on Survivor, one of the first like clips that came out, that's what I was talking about. I was like, I hope people see this and realize that there's more to success than just coming out of college and getting the highest paying job that you can in that moment. Uh, you know, I think one of the reasons why uh, a lot of people don't go into nonprofit or public service uh, after they graduate from college is just that the, the there's no prescribed path there. You don't have uh, nonprofits doing a whole lot of recruiting on college campuses, uh, consulting groups, finance groups, especially in Silicon Valley. You've got all these tech companies. They come to Stanford University or other campuses and they say, we want you and they make students feel valuable. Uh, Nonprofits don't have the resources to be able to do that. So you have to decide inside yourself, this is what I want to do and actually seek out those opportunities. And you're not, you're not, even though you'd be just as valued as an, at a nonprofit organization, there, there aren't those people reaching out saying, we want you, we want you. Um, so you sort of have to have a, some degree of confidence in yourself that yes, I can be successful uh, doing whatever it is that I want to do. And I can be successful while also doing good for other people. So I do, and kudos to you for that. And that's a great answer. I do want to go back for one second because one of the things we were talking about back to the survivor piece that I didn't want to skip over was in doing Survivor, you had to disappear for six and a half weeks. And then when you came back, you couldn't actually tell people why, why you disappeared for that period of time. Yeah, it so, was three months after I got back before the cast was officially released. And I so essentially people. it was you dropped out of existence for for a month and a half and then couldn't talk about it for another three months. So you had almost a half of a year of basically living a secret life. Tell us a little bit about what that was like. Yeah, I mean, it's more complicated for me than I think it, it, it is for most people because um, my, my mom passed away from stage four lung cancer just an hour after I got home from, from filming the show. Uh, and and so there that was really... Uh, the majority of what was going through my mind was about my family and what was, uh, of course, being talked about by my, my close friends and, and, and family as well. So, so that was really my focus for those months was how do we move forward um, when, when we've just had you know the greatest nightmare of, of our existence come true? Like how do we pull our heads up? How do we keep living in a way that would honor uh, the way that she lived her life and 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 and, and cement her legacy and, and and that was the real challenge there but it was obviously uh, uh, very difficult to not be able to talk about this whole other side of my life where I had my greatest dream come true um, there there was uh, a, a piece of it that made it a little bit easier which is that I knew that I had won so there was there was some fun in that secrecy and in, in knowing that eventually it would come out um, and that we could sort of uh, uh, look forward to something during a time where we really needed things to look forward to well, and I think if there's a silver lining, you know, one of the things that you were able to do to honor your mother, Susie, is you've created this campaign, um, which is Live Like Susie. 
Uh, you actually have a page that you, uh, you know, a you caring page uh, that is youcaring.com slash Susie Klein. That's S-U-S-I-E-K-L-E-I-N, if I get that right. And you're basically, I know you donated some of your own winnings from the show, and then you've been out speaking at events, you know, at different nonprofits like the American Cancer Society, and uh, essentially taking this money that's being generated from the campaign, you have the hashtag Live Like Susie, and you're distributing that to some of these organizations like um, Stand Up to Cancer, and I think we mentioned American Cancer Society. So talk a little bit about um, what that experience has been like and how you're taking this very personal experience and sort of getting it out there and you know what you're doing a talk actually at the American Cancer Society's gala as we mentioned you know what is the theme of that and how are you using those funds and your words to help get rid of this horrible disease that took your mother way too early yeah I mean so I come back from Survivor and I know that a few months later not only my story but the story of my family and my mom would be told on national television and so in those moments, you know, you, you sort of have an opportunity to, to, to make something out of it or to sit on your hands. Uh, and I knew that if people were going to be hearing about my mom, that we should dedicate that visibility towards something meaningful. And lung cancer is a cause that is um, often sort of thrown under the rug. Like people don't really talk about lung cancer all that often because there's this stigma that surrounds it that, oh, you must have done something along the way to get lung cancer. Uh, some might even say, like, you sort of brought it upon yourself. Uh, and, and there's this implication that, oh, you must have smoked or you lived in a smog-filled environment or you did yada, yada, yada. People always ask, how did you, how did she get it? Well, people don't ask, how did you get, you know, insert other disease here? Uh, so, Part of what I want to do here is, is change a little bit of the conversation around lung cancer to, oh, well, what did you do wrong to how can we help? How can we make sure that if you do have this disease that we can uh, r put funding into research so that we can find ways that we can help cure these patients? We are just not there yet, and the progress has been far too slow. They have made strides uh, in the last five years or so, but we need to move quicker because lung cancer kills more people every single year than the next top three cancer killers combined. More men and more women. Lung cancer is the number one cancer killer of women, and I don't think most people would guess that. Um, and uh, and and it's and it's not just smokers. Not that if you do smoke, you, it, any, that no one deserves lung cancer, and certainly not what comes along with that. Um, but like my mom lived a totally healthy lifestyle. She never smoked. She worked out every day. She ate organically. Like she lived the epitome of a healthy lifestyle. Uh, and and we just need to do more to detect this disease earlier and to find better treatments for it. So that's what we decided to do um, uh, with the Live Like Susie campaign. And we also want to inspire people to, while they are they are healthy and able, to, to live life as fully as possible. My mom loved to dance. She was always laughing, always smiling. And the more that we can encourage uh, people to make the most out of their lives, uh, the, 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 uh, the better, you know. We're, so the campaign is about helping save lives and helping make them more fulfilled while, while they're still around. 
Well, it's a great point, and it's not. I lost my grandfather to uh, lung cancer, so you know, clearly not quite the same as losing your mom. And I can tell based on everything that I read and looked at in the videos just how close you were to her. So, but I think that was an interesting point of view that I hadn't. It hadn't dawned on me that people may not. I don't want to say take it as seriously, but it is one of those things where it's like, oh, you must have done something to get it, right? Um, probably like AIDS is one of those diseases where, you know, it's almost like a blame of the patient versus let's look to, to solve this problem and, you know, let's not add insult to injury there. Um, so one of the things that I guess I'd love to know is you, you shared an interesting um, strategy with me, which is you know, you are taking advantage of this opportunity to really get this word out there. And so, you know, because I want to have this benefit you, you're doing the American Cancer Society. You know, if we're looking for ways to get you out to speak to folks, what types of companies or organizations should be taking advantage of this great opportunity of, to hear you tell your story and, and share this great message? Well, there's a few things that, that I'm sort of working on concurrently. One is the Live Like Susie campaign, and we're lending that, like, like you said, to a number of different um, nonprofit organizations working on, on lung cancer. You know, uh, So far, uh, like with, with Stand Up to Cancer, we raised uh, over $450,000 through the campaign at the finale and my donation, and then the You Caring campaign that I have, and some of that money has gone to the Bonnie J. Adari Lung Cancer Foundation. We've, uh, I've worked with the American Lung Association. I've worked with Camp Kesem, which is a camp for children uh, whose parents have cancer or passed away from cancer or are survivors of cancer. Uh, and so any organization that uh, that sort of works on this issue, I I I want to lend my mom's story, um, the 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 visibility that I have from the show to that cause. Uh, at the same time, I'm I'm also going around and and, and speaking for schools, companies, um, conferences, you know, any organization that that wants to hear a story about, you know, going after your dreams, pursuing your passions, living life uh, like my mom did, and I show a lot of like little videos and and pictures of my mom and the way that she lived her life, uh, and and then overcoming obstacles like ha when 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 challenges come your way how do you pick yourself up um and there are a, a lot of very natural ways uh of dealing with grief that that are productive and there are a lot that are not productive and so if you can sort of train yourself to um to to, to be resilient uh that's a skill that you can use uh, n not only in survivor, but also in life, in business, and in so many different facets of your life. So um, I'll speak to any different group that uh, that that uh, wants me to come and, and and share that message. Well, thank you for sharing that story. And so now I do want to shift gears a little bit, and you know, we'll go to something a little bit lighter, right? That's a very, um, I'm sorry, heavy memory. But again, you're doing a great thing in honoring your mom. One of the things I like people to be able to do is get to know our guests a little bit. So I like to ask at least a couple of questions, right? So um, one of the questions that's sort of a newer one that I'm asking is, what's one thing about you that people may not know? And that might be hard considering you probably had everything about you and then some put out there on Survivor because I'm sure, you know, they do the deep dive into the background of everybody. So I'm an exceptional hula hooper. I would not have get well actually you know what <laughs> uh, we were joking earlier about some of the the um, 
challenges on Survivor and the fact that you're not a big hulking guy, but certainly you have great balance and you're very, you know, lithe and look like you're in great shape. But so I guess I could <laughs> see that, but I would never have guessed that. So I've got I I've got the rhythm. I got it from my mama. She she was she was a, a ballet dancer. She danced for many years, um, and and just at parties would dance at every opportunity. And uh, I I don't think many people see me coming on the dance floor. So I guess in hula hoop terms, like how many times do you have a an Adam Klein record in terms of the number of times you've swung it around? I could go forever. If 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 there's if I'm only using one hula hoop, I could literally go forever. I did. I uh, this this is this is funny. When I was in kindergarten, I did hula hooping in the talent show. And my junior year of high school, someone came up to my mom in the supermarket. And my mom was always talking to everybody in the supermarket. So that in and of itself is not surprising. But what they said to her was, was your kid the one that did the hula hooping? And that It was like, what, 10 years later? <laughs> that, that's awesome. So I feel like I have a challenge for you, which is I think you have to maybe go after the world record of hula hooping because... Okay, you know, I'm not that good. Well, <laughs> clearly... Me, I'm exceptional for, you know, a random person on the street that you come across. Okay. But there are some circus performers that are out of this That's world. That's fair. But again, <laughs> you also won Survivor and you also get into Stanford. So you're a guy that it strikes me, if you put your head, mind to it, then there's nothing you if can't do. If the question is, which uh, world record of Survivor winners hula hooping then I think I could set that record. There Although Hannah Shapiro for my season claims that she can beat me in a hula hooping contest. We'll see. Well, maybe we need to do that. And I think that does lead to one other fun fact about you, which is you've decided one of your other future targets is to become the next Jeff Probst, right? Who is the current uh, uh Guy, I'm sorry, he's the, what's the word I'm looking for? He's the, the host. The like host, I said, yes. you got to put things out into the universe because you never know. Someone might be listening right now. Maybe Mark Burnett is listening to this podcast right now. Maybe Jeff Probst himself. And he's like, you know what? In a few years, I think I'm ready to retire. I think we need, uh, uh, you know, someone uh, that's going to be about 30 years old, maybe. If, if he retires in like four years, I'll be 30. I think that makes sense. You know, you got to get someone who's passionate about the game. You got to get a fresh face. I'm, I'm like smiling because I'm Kind of joking, but at the same time, not really. So, Jeff, watch out. You <laughs> no, met no, no. Adam. I'm not coming for his job. As long as he okay, wants it, enough. you know, there, no one, no one can be better than Jeff Probst himself. Okay. So he doesn't have to watch out, but he I can, want to be the next. He can sleep well at night knowing yes. that he has a successor what, when he's ready. Whenever he's ready, I'm just there to make that transition more comfortable. So... <laughs> <laughs> I have a final question, and actually, I thought about this when I got you to agree to do the podcast. So I ask all of my guests across all the different podcasts I do, you're on a desert island, you have one album you can listen to for the rest of your life, what would it be? Well, you literally have been on a desert island doing Survivor. Yeah. Um, tell us what that album would be, and why would you pick it? Just a little funny story. On the island, because you're being filmed all the time and it's going to go on national television, you are not allowed to sing copyrighted music because they can't use it on the show. So the only thing that we could sing out there, and, and, and my, my buddy Jay from the show would do this all the time. We would just be like laying in the, you know, on our bamboo at night trying to fall asleep, and he would go, yeah. <laughs> which is the theme from Survivor. And we could sing that one as much as we wanted. So I'm going to go with not the Survivor theme song. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm going to age myself as a 90s kid right here and say 
uh, on the way here, I was listening to the radio, and they said, call in, uh, caller 97 will get to free tickets to the Goo Goo Dolls concert. And I was like, I am there. And I, I, I called for like 20 minutes straight. I never got through. But uh, I, I, there's a soft spot in my, you know, growing up in the 90s heart for, for uh, Goo Goo Dolls, Dizzy Up the Girl, I think. So that's funny. Um, would not have picked that choice no. for you, but good choice. <laughs> I actually had the luxury of seeing them, and I was at uh, some conference. I think it was the uh, I don't even remember, the American A and A. Um, and it's funny because you go to these things, and they pick fairly high-profile bands. There's maybe 500 people, maybe a thousand people at these. Not everyone comes, and a lot of the people, some of them are older, so they don't really care. So you end up getting up front, and you're five feet away from these folks. So we did see the Goo Goo Dolls. At one of these events, and I was, you know, ten feet from the lead singer. So, I That's am a cool. fan, maybe not as big a fan <laughs> as you, but that was a very cool event. I think part of that, you know, so much about music is tied to memories, and I think part of the reason that I say that is because when we would drive up to Lake Tahoe as a family, you know, you would get you would get up there, and we would lose access to Bay Area radio, so you would put on a CD, and this the, we had the same CD in the car for probably a decade and it was one of those uh, like five cds that we had in the car was goo dolls dizzy up the girl so there's there's a connection there um not just with the music but with with experiences with my mom as well and it makes me think about her when i listen to that music well i can't think of a more fitting way to wrap this up so thank you adam klein adam is a lung cancer advocate uh, he's a speaker. He's the winner of Survivor. He is a general do-gooder. Um, it's really been a pleasure to sit down and, and chat with you today. And if someone is listening who might want me to come speak at their conference or company or organization or whatever, um, definitely feel free to hit me up on social media. I'm at Adam Scott Klein on Twitter and at Survivor Adam on Instagram, which, by the way, I created about four years before I ever went on the show. <laughs> so apropos. Well, thank you, Adam. Uh, this is Aaron Strout, CMO at W2O Group, host of the What to Know podcast. And we thank Wingtip for letting us record here. And then we're looking forward to, on the 16th of September, not the 17th, the American Cancer Society's uh, Discovery Gala. Thank you. Thank you. Want more episodes of the What to Know podcast? We post a new episode every Thursday. Check them out on iTunes, the podcast app, and the podcast page at w2ogroup.com backslash what to know.